Welcome to Rivers of Living Waters broadcast with your host, Elder Christine Pearson. I'm the Senior Elder of Ancient of Days Ministries International. We're an outreach ministry. We're commissioned by Christ to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery which was hidden in God before the foundation of the world. This mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory and to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus. And I'm just so thankful and honored to be here again in the studios of Heavenly Host International Radio under the direction of our precious apostle, Hosea McGill. God bless you. So thankful for uh, this day and the teachings that the Lord has given us and many of the revelations that are uh, unveiling in this studio and above all reminding us that uh, we're in the last hour and it's time that Christ's bride get herself ready because uh, we're having birth pains, so many indications that the Lord is giving to the body that he's soon to come. And uh, we want to be ready when our master's coming we want to be found doing what he's called mm -hmm. us to do. We want to be found ready to meet him because it's going to be so quick. We're not going to have time to get ready. It's going to be in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. And they that are uh, that have died in Christ, they're going to uh, rise and meet the Lord, meet us in the air in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord yeah. and it's going to be so quick that you will not have time to uh, repent or get things right or accept Christ and uh, as I was sharing studying one of the things that I was seeing was that <clears throat> that it describes that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth during uh, the time of the judgment. And uh, uh, what it really means is that it's going to be, uh, people are gonna be uh, regret mm -hmm. of their actions, so sorry. Uh, they're gonna be in remorse because uh, some of the things that they have heard, they're going to find it actually came to pass and that they missed their day of visitation. And once it's the door is shut, uh, it goes into a different era now. You're no longer under the era of grace. You're under the era of the day of the Lord, and that is a time of uh, testing. It's a time of the wrath of God. Remember yesterday we talked that um, while there's judgment like it's going on now mm -hmm. in the house of the Lord, as long as there's judgment, there's mercy. But after the judgment, after you have made a decision and uh, determined that you're going to do it this way, if it's opposite of what God is doing, uh, after the judgment, then God pours out his wrath on the disobedient, the ungodly. And there is no mercy in that. You don't get another chance. 
uh, it's like the uh, <clears throat> in Hebrews 12 it talked about they that died under uh, Moses law amen let's see if I can find I think it's uh, they in Hebrews 12 it talks about uh, that they that died under Moses law when they did rejected Moses law that they died without mercy the ground opened up they were swallowed up and they had no opportunity to repent or uh, ask for forgiveness it was they died without mercy that means that they have to stand under their own works and by works shall no man be justified. Mm. So now is the time when the, the grace of God, the mercy of God is still available to anybody. But there comes a time when that expires. Uh, God is very long-suffering. It is not his will that any perish. Uh, he is married to the backslider so many things that the Lord uh, will give time for but then there is a, a period where it says there is time no longer God has exact he has uh, exact exhausted his patience he's exhausted his long-suffering and um, then he said sometimes that no matter what I do, they're not going to change. No matter how much I bless them, how much I tell them I love them, uh, they're not, they're determined that they're going to, they're going to do it this way. There's no uh, changing of their mind. And so that's when many times the Lord have to uh, let go of his grace and mercy and uh, let people eat. Uh, the fruit of their own way. Uh, let them be filled with their own devices. And there is people that will tax God to that extreme. Yeah. And not realizing, you know, the, the fatality of it. Uh, some people don't think that, that God will, send, will, will allow a person to go to hell. Some people say God uh, God is God of love. He won't say, you know, I can pretty much do what I want and God will. Because I think they have seen God's mercy for so long, they have uh, began to believe that God doesn't have any other side to his character. Amen. But you have to remember that you're made in the image and likeness of God. And just like you have a, a limit to your patience, God does too. You have to understand that uh, sometime we have to give our children over because there's no uh, changing and turning around. Uh, I, I, one situation I told my daughter, you know, because she was determined she was going to do things her way and she was constantly getting into trouble and I'm here bailing her out, bailing her out, bailing her out. And no matter how many times I bailed her out, 
she go because she hadn't changed her heart or changed her way of doing things she would go right back into uh, the situation in another realm and still get into trouble and here I am back and forth back and forth until I figured I said it's not a, no matter if I do good if I try to help her she's not listening and so I had to go get to the point where the next time that she got in trouble and she called on me of course I said, well, honey, you have to do it the way that I do. And what's that, Ma? When I'm in trouble, I get on my knees and talk to the Lord and, and wait on Him to get me out. Well, she, you know, why should she have done that? She could always detour going to the Lord and come to me and get what she needs. Well, I had to get out the way. The Lord many times wants you to get out the way. Because as long as you're there, there is not going to be any reform. There's not going to be any change. And they're just going to plunge deeper and deeper and deeper into that until they wind, may wind up utterly destroyed. But if you would let God put it in God's hand and let God handle it, He know how to make it so where in a person will make a change. They will see the the uh, horrors of their ways. God can show you uh, what it's like, the shame of sin. He can really show you. And uh, many times that in itself will cause a person to, to turn. Amen. <clears throat> I was um, just wanted to share that because... We're going to be talking uh, some more about uh, examining ourselves uh, because there's more that we, we didn't finish covering and I think it's important because there's another aspect of this that I think the Lord wants us to consider and one of them is... Uh, Handling the things of God in an unworthy manner. Amen. And we're going to just go back to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. And we're going to go with 31. Those of you that have your Bibles. Glory to God. Praise God. <clears throat> uh, let's start at, um, I think I want to start a little bit above that. Let's start at 1 Corinthians 11, and let's start at 27. 1 Corinthians 11 and 27. And it reads, <clears throat> and we'll start at 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. 
uh, 28 says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that he should not be condemned with the world, that we should not be condemned with uh, the world. Uh, one of the things we were talking about was examining ourselves and acknowledging, taking a close look, a, a perfect examination at ourselves and what we're doing and how we're living our life, who we are associating with, and what we are doing in the midst of the association. Uh, Sometimes we are with people that are not like us and, and we have a tendency to associate or go out with them and, and, and partake of some of the things that they are doing wherein we know that they're doing wrong. They're not honoring God, but yet we are companions with them. Yet we are consenting when we see that they have uh, violated laws and and customs and, and that kind of thing. And we don't correct them. Sometimes we find our hand in the midst of also what they are doing. And and not knowing in our heart that it's not right. But we are not lifting a standard against it or shouting out against it or, or anything. Uh... And that means that the the wickedness continues and that it can go to another level. Praise God. Wherein if we are supposedly are born again and following the things of Christ, then we should be able to restrain ungodliness. We know right. We know the light. We know the tr supposedly. We know these things so that we can counteract or restrain the darkness. But yet the darkness is not being restrained. And we have to examine ourselves and our motives as to why we are not standing uh, in Christ and his righteousness. Uh, I want you to turn to uh, Psalms 26, 2 to 7. And uh, before I go, I wanted to just share that scripture I was looking, I was speaking of earlier, and that's in Hebrews uh, 10 and 28. And it says that he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. When you die without mercy, there's no atonement for your sins. 
See, we die because of Christ. We die with mercy. So we get pardoned for sin. We get exonerated. We get uh, uh, vindicated. God doesn't hold those sins against us according to Hebrews 10. He said, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. But that's not so if you die without mercy. He will remember your sins. And that's a very, very serious situation. One of the things I found out when I was looking at people that were having, the, 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 because the Bible shows progressively what's going to happen. Those that were wailing and weeping and gnashing their teeth is that they did not anticipate that things would go that way. They thought it was a it was gonna go another way or that God is merciful to everybody. I hear preachers say this that God is is a merciful God. And uh I've heard him say that even said that the devil is not gonna be punished. <laughs> the God gonna have mercy on the devil. Who then did all of this murdering and killing and stealing and destroying for millennia. And God's going to have mercy. Uh-huh. They can't believe that a loving, kind God would send anybody to the lake of fire. Even though it's written that hell has enlarged itself. Praise God. God, hell has enlarged itself uh, to accommodate the ungodly. Why would hell do that? <laughs> Why? Because the hell was created for the devil and his angels. But according to scripture, if God created hell for the devil and his angels, he has certain measurements because he know how many fallen angels there are he know the devil and all of that so he knew how when he created hell the parameters the diameters but it tells us that hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure Amen? And that the ungodly, their glory, and the multitude of them will descend into it. So, we can say, you know, well, God ain't going to send anybody to hell. But, if, as I said, if hell was created by the Lord, he had a certain parameters in mind. Coordinates. He wouldn't just waste his time creating hell for the devil and his angels when all of them were the only ones going to go. See? Do you understand? But according to Isaiah 5 and 14, hell in herself, it calls her a her, has enlarged herself and opened her mouth 
wide without measure. It got to be a reason for that, for hell to enlarge itself. If it, if we're gonna say, well, uh, you know, uh, God ain't gonna, ain't nobody going to hell, but the devil and his angels. Why would hell enlarge itself then? See, we gotta look at the scripture to find out what the scriptures say about things, instead of leaning to our own understanding, or uh, just uh, what we call speculate and make up at things as we go along. We better look at these scriptures, and it says that all the ungodly and their glory, the multitude of them shall descend into it. So, let's go back to Psalm 26. We must examine ourselves. And I'm trusting that by the end of this uh, teaching that we can see ourselves and that we can correct some things in our life that we can acknowledge our sins that we can recognize our shortcomings and, and behaviors and that kind of thing and repent like the prodigal son you know the prodigal son when he came to himself he didn't just go back to his father and say well, let's pick up things as, <laughs> as we go along, you know. <clears throat> he went back and he said, he repented. He said, I'm not even worthy to be called your yeah. son. Make me a hired servant. He was repentant. He was contrite. He was not flippant. Mm. Psalms 26. This is David speaking. And uh, I want to start at second verse. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins. That word means my thoughts. And my heart. That's my soul, my mind, my will, and emotions. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. Look at four. This is David, and he has purpose in himself. This is the life he's going to live. I have not sat with vain persons. Now, you want to say, what is a vain person? A vain person is somebody that is worthless, mm -hmm. hollow, idle, useless, having no real value, ineffective, unprofitable. He said... I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. This is David. He's examining himself and seeing what kind of lifestyle he is, is going. And, and so what is a dissembler? And you have to ask yourself the same questions. Are you walking with vain people that are unprofitable and effective, that are idle that have no uh, recognized value who is not thinking about God or trying to do anything for themselves are you walking with people like that and a dissembler what is that the word dissembler is a person that uses deceit ah. 
a pretender, an imposter, someone who hides their real feelings or intentions or true facts, somebody who's hiding, somebody who is a crook. Do you hang out with crooks? Hmm? People that are deceitful and doing wrong, do you, ha do you hang out with them? Do you approve them or do you condone their works? Or when you see them doing wrong, do you say anything? And some of it could be your own children, some of your own family members, and you see what they're into. Do you open your mouth and try to correct them? You can speak the truth in love. You don't have to alienate them. Amen. Do you go in with dissembling? I know some parents, they, 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 um, kids is running drugs. They give mama so much money. Mama can walk around in luxury and find cars. I know this for a fact. And they in the church. Mm -hmm. But they taking drug money. And all kind of other ungodly things. And using that money to pump themselves up or fix themselves up or get fancy cars, clothes, and houses. And they know their children is wrong. They know their children are breaking the law. Do you go in with dissemblers? Look at the five. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. Will not. Do you love evildoers? Now we love the person. We don't love the evil. Do you sit with wicked folk? I'm telling you in the last couple of years, I've had to cut some folk off. And they was right in the church. And they wanted, they want to come back and everything. And I hear the Holy Spirit telling me, he said, don't let down your shields. They may come back wanting to be a part of you uh, and that kind of thing and, and act like they're repentant and they're not going to do that, as, uh, <laughs> that anymore. But I hear, uh, oh, I don't know if y'all ever heard Bishop Iona Locke mm. in her young years. I remember I was at one of her meetings. <laughs> As, and I heard of that, honey, once an enemy, always an enemy. I don't care if they do say, oh, well, I ain't going to do that no more. Uh-huh. And this and these people have stabbed me in the back over and over and over and still want me to let down my shields as if, you know, this is not going to uh, happen uh, again. Uh, let's go to Jeremiah, and I'll come right on back. I think it's a Jeremiah. Mm, uh, is it 19? We're in, uh, the Lord tells us. Let me just see if I can find it, okay? It might be in 20. If it's not in 20, then I think I, I can just kind of... Uh, Put it together. The Lord was saying, you're going to have to let these people go. And even though they may say that 
I'm fixed. I'm going to do right now. He said, let them come to you, but you go not to them. Let them come and do right by, but you can't have them a part of your inner circle anymore. You know, Jesus had an inner circle. And, and and the closest one, he was going to say Peter, James, and John. Those were his inner circle people. And then he would have the 70, different one. And they only could come so close in his life. And they could come no closer. And that's the way uh, it should be in your life. Yes, there are people that we have to minister to, but you can't allow them to come but so close. So close. Even though they, they, they beg and plead. and You know, you had them close at one point, and they just tried to destroy you. And you had to put up your shield. They want you to take that shield down thinking that they have reformed. But I'll never forget, uh, the Holy Spirit said, don't let down your shields. See, man, look at the outward. God knows the heart. God knows what's going to happen in the future. So follow the Holy Spirit. You can love them and everything, but you can't let them get so close because some of them will listen to the devil to tear your house down. Hello. Praise God. Let me just try this Jeremiah 15, I believe. <clears throat> Fear Jeremiah 15 and 19. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, If thou return, then will I bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vial, thou shalt be as my mouth. And he was talking about the people that were working against me at the time. And he said, let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. And I will make thee unto this people a fenced brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee. But they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked. And I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terror. Sometime this walk, you got to walk it alone. Uh, if you have a question, just look at how Jesus had to walk alone with his family. You know. And, and, and sometimes you're going to have to do the same thing. And if you do, there's certain uh, realms of closeness that certain people in your family going to have to have and no closer. And they may appear that they're, they are sincere. And they just might be sincere, but they haven't gotten control over their... Uh, 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 gates wherein mm. they'll let the devil talk to them and they believe it and then they'll find themselves rising up against you at a critical moment 
embarrassing you at a critical moment, disrespecting you in front of important people, and thinking that they're hearing from God. So, listen to the Holy Ghost. Do you go in with dissemblers? Do you sit with the wicked? What is your attitude towards sin? That's something you need to examine. What do you think about people that just outright do wrong? Do you think it all ain't no big deal? What is your attitude towards prayer? We need to think about that. What is your attitude of, of, of concerning studying the Bible? What is your attitude towards the Lord himself? Yesterday was such a precious teaching mm -hmm. by our own brother Mike. He came about talking about our father's house. Yeah. And that we look at it as if we talking to a stranger, but that's a, we we say our father. But do we act like he's our father? Do we act like that uh, we're in his house? Do we treat him like that? I see a lot of people, the way they pray, and they've been praying like this for years, it's like they don't even know God. They're, they're acting like, you know, they're scared and God don't want to hear them and this and that. This is the way they think. And some of them will got, try to get you to pray. Mm -hmm. And, and thinking that your prayer could get uh, work done, and they done been saved for 10, 15 years or more. And they don't really know God at all. But they go into church. But they don't, you could tell they don't really have a relationship with God. They don't have an intimate relationship. And I said, I, when I talk to my father, I talk to him like he's my father. No disrespect now. No. And I praise him. I worship him. I love him. I let him know how much I appreciate everything he's done. Sometimes he say he said in the word, we could come boldly mm. to the throne of grace. I don't hesitate to go. You know, I don't feel like I'm walking, talking to a stranger. I recognize his voice because I done been there with him so many times. I know how they, I know his voice when he speaks. And um, I, I talk to some people and, and they don't even recognize God's voice. And they done been claimed they've been saved for 15 years, 10 years. And they don't know their own father's voice. At 10 years old, did you know, did you know how your father's voice was? Mm -hmm. When you was 15, did you know how your how your vo your father's voice sounded? This is why we got to examine ourselves. What, what's going on here? What is this? Is this real or is it Memorex? And if we don't have the, the, the reality of the kingdom, what are we doing? What is it? Because I guarantee you, when it comes down to Christ coming back, he's going to be very, very certain. He knows those that are his. He knows. 
It's not going to be any doubt. If you look at that story about the ten virgins, when they came up, when the bridegroom came, the Bible said that door was open and they went in and the yeah. door was shut. He didn't stand out there and say, oh, where, where are the rest of these virgins? Hello? Uh, 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 no. The foundation of the Lord standeth sure having this seal. The Lord knoweth. He knoweth them that are his. And I look at people when they, I, I watch folk how they pray. You can learn a lot about a person's relationship <coughs> with God by the way that they pray. And some of them pray like they don't know God at all. I knew of uh, some Christians, and they had been in it for years. And when they, <coughs> I thank you, Lord, for this. I thank you, Lord, for, 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 for waking me. I thank you, Lord, for helping me. I thank you, Lord. Do you talk to your father like that? Do you talk... You don't talk to your father like that. And it was just like there was no relationship. It was just routine. You know, something mechanical that they've seen somebody else do. So they do it. And then they claim that this is my father. That's not a, uh, that's not a father relationship. Let's move on because there's some things here uh, I want to share here. Uh, when we come down to Psalms 26 I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked I will wash my hands in innocency innocency so will I compass thine altar O Lord it's supposed to be an intimacy here a real just like you see uh, a real father, daughter, mother, son relationship in the natural is supposed to be like that in the spirit. It shouldn't be a hesitancy or like you don't know them or like you don't know how to talk to them. I don't understand that. And that speaks. It says we need to judge ourselves. And if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. We need to evaluate. We need to see where are we in the faith. Are we really believers? Are we really believers? Or not? If any time we need to know that question, we need to know it now. We need to know it now. Now let's go to, let's see, I'm going to talk about, the best way I can share this is the communion table, all right? And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 11. The communion table is one of the most intimate situations between a believer and his redeemer. And um, we went over some of it, but I, I just want to go a little bit deeper just so that we'll know. And First uh, Corinthians 11. How many of you had communion this past Sunday? 
How many of you had the brody and the grape juice? Do you know that is a sacrament of the church? We were commanded to do this. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm going to go over uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 11 and 23. This is what uh, Paul said to the communion table and I think they should read this at every communion for I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus Christ the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he break it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remember remembrance of me you know I think it was such a tender moment for Christ because he knew that he was getting ready to go and suffer for all of the whole world it sounds like it's it sounds like he's not really feeling but I can feel his heart in this uh, this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me don't forget what I'm doing now after the same manner also he took the cup which he had supped, which when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. And we talked about earlier about eating and drinking unworthily one of the things he said in this chapter is that but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup one of the reasons being to ensure that you are worthy of coming to the Lord's table. That's why you got to examine yourself. Because you may not uh, have discerning of the Lord's body. You might think it's something common or something, you know, unholy or, or just a routine. But this is one of, like I said, the sacraments of the church. Watch this, in 11.27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be, watch this. We blase over this all the time, but we're going to get down to what it really means. Shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That's why Paul is imploring people, but let a man examine himself. Search and try our your ways. Consider your ways. Evaluate. Prove your own soul before you partake of this. Because if you partake of it in an unworthy manner, you're going to be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. And how many could tell me what that means? Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you what it meant until I studied it this morning. 
I hear it, but nobody goes into what it actually means. That you will be guilty of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, before we get to that, let's go to the other part of this. When it talks about unworthily, when you eat and drink unworthily, it means that you are eating and drinking his body and blood irreverently. You are not fit to eat that blood. I mean, drink that blood and eat that bread. You are dishonoring the Lord. You're unsuitable. You have lack of, this is what I'm talking about, eating and drinking unworthily. Listen carefully. You have a lack of respect for Christ's body and his blood. You're not serious about Christ. Flippant, mocking, profane. I've seen people in the congregation doing community time. They don't mean nothing. They don't care nothing about Christ. They Some of them was visitors. And this is the way, pastors, you need to warn people before they partake of these things. Because some of them are doing it, and it's just a formality. And uh, some of them are doing it to make people think that there's something and they're not. Some of them have no respect for Christ. And uh, they're taking his body and his blood. Uh, they're profaning, doing sacrilegious, ungodly, unholy. Uh, they are showing that they do not respect the Lord's body. Why can't we, as a body of Christ, set up a standard wherein we respect the Lord's body? And you just can't come in and disrespect it. We're not going to allow that. For one thing, it disrespects Christ. And for another thing, there's a penalty. People don't know about the penalty, which I'm getting ready to share with you, about drinking and eating unworthily, being guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. I never really understood that. A lot of people don't explain. A lot of pastors don't share what that means. And it talks about, when it says being guilty, that word is enakos. That means you're liable to, you're in danger of, you're held accountable, held responsible. You're guilty of profaning, watch this, and sinning against the Lord. Oh, that can't be, honey. You don't respect Christ. You don't know Christ. You just seeing somebody else do it. Or you want people to think that you're something that you're not. You're an imposter. You're a pretender. You're not really reverencing God. You don't know him. You have never asked him to be Lord, but you're going to sit up in, in his house and partake of his body and blood as if you are. And nobody, the body of Christ, we got to stop this. We got to make this clear. Because some of them are doing it ignorantly. But they are going to be liable. And I believe the watchman's going to be liable because mm -hmm. you should have warned them. Yep. You're profaning and sinning against 
the body and blood of the Lord. You're guilty of desecrating the body and blood of the Lord. And I was reading about uh, one reference by this uh, Presbyterian. And he said, taking the elements at communion when a person is out of the grace of God by his own free will, he could go to hell for that. See, we don't want nobody to go to hell. That's why we need to start warning and setting these guidelines up in the church and let's not just have, like you talked about, positive, just so sloppy stuff, just so sloppy. Just do, and we just desecrating and profaning and just sinning against God. And and nobody is raising the standard yeah. or showing people this, what, it, what, what you're actually doing when you eat the bread or drink of his cup, you are proclaiming that the Lord has died for you and you will do this until he comes again. This is sacred. Mm -hmm. This is covenant. We're doing this because we believe that he died for us. Some of them don't even know uh, uh, or are sincere about the communion table. They don't know the penalty for desecrating the communion <coughs> table. And it's up to the body of Christ or the fivefold ministry to equip, to perfect, to let people know. Because I'm sure some of the people that I know that are desecrating it, if they really knew what it meant to sin against the Lord's body, they probably would not take communion. Mm -hmm. They would go and repent and ask God to save them. Before they're taken. I'm not talking about people that's already born again. And, and that they may sin or, or something like that. I'm not talking about them. Because I've seen people that were born again. They weren't perfect and they messed up. But they wouldn't take the communion cup. Because they had messed up that week. Well see you are. Jesus has paid for your sins. I'm talking about people that come in. Irreverent. People that come in undeserving, dishonoring the Lord. They don't respect God. They are showing that they do not know God. They come in and they are presumptuous, self-willed. And they see somebody else doing it. And they do it not knowing that they can be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. And I hope that people are hearing me. And that, that we will make sure when we have communion that we make this clear. We should not be embarrassed to make this clear before. And I've seen some pastors, they do communion, they just go so fast. And it's just a ritual. But this is sacred. We have to make people know that we don't just do anything and do it any kind of way. We got to be holy because he's holy and let them know that this is a holy uh, part of the service. And it's a reason why we do this. And it's a reason why we are not presumptuous. And I've seen some pastors, 
they have repentance before they take mm -hmm. the communion. They say, I want everybody to, to, to pray and ask God to forgive them before they pray. I used to do it when I shepherd. Yeah. I have them all pray and ask God to forgive them. Not so much that God hadn't paid the price, but they can take communion with a clear conscience. And I knew that they were not uh, taking it unworthily, you know, because I would make them, I would read this about the unworthy manner when I serve communion so that people will know what's holy and what's profane. As you just read uh, the, the, what the Lord told me in Jeremiah, if I take away the uh separate the the uh, precious from the vile the holy from the uh, profane that's what we need to be doing so that everybody can know and just because you do it that don't mean people aren't go are going to obey you but then you have warned them mm -hmm. and if they do it the blood will be on their head now uh so he says in um First Corinthians 11 and 30. Uh, let's just go back over there. For he that eateth and... 29. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Watch this. For this cause many, mm -hmm. not a few, many are weak, Sickly among you and many sleep. I'm going to read that from the Message Bible. Okay? For this cause, or that's why so many of you, Paul's talking to them, even now are listless, sick, weak among you, and many sleep or have gone to an early grave because they have not discerned discern that word uh i want to share that with you is the word uh diacrino and it means to have insight or are enlightened about the lord's body or knowing have ability to judge which things are good or bad you're not discerning the lord's body and for that cause many are listless sick weak and some of them are going to an early grave he say they sleep but that means that they have not lived out their appointed time because they have not discerned the lord's body amen this is why he said we need to examine ourselves to see if we're really born again. To see if we're really Christians. You know, you probably uh, got saved and you have let your light go dim. Or you don't care or is as intense about God as you used to be. Or you have let your light go out. And you're caught up into other things. And Christ is like a distant dream or something far away that you used to do. And we're at the last hour when he's coming back. And some of, him, some of you don't 
are fearing that you won't be ready when he comes. It's just a simple thing of repenting and ask God to forgive you. And do your first works. Don't don't go back to the old thing again. Go back to where God first saved you in the the intensity and, and the aggression, enthusiasm that you had when you first got born again. Some of you have left your post. You have been called maybe to the mission field or called to do something and you don't do that anymore. You need to go back to what God originally called you to. Uh, I just want to read this and we're going to close as apostle if he would like to share something, but I just want to read this one because I tell you, I really do fear the Lord. I love him. But I've seen, and maybe we'll get into how God is judging his house maybe on our next broadcast because judgment has already begun. And it's a lot of times people don't know, but I'm going to show you how God judges his people. How he can raise up somebody else to chastise his people. And 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 we think, oh, that's a terrible thing. I'll tell you, Apostle, when Hamas raided Israel, I was mad. I went into prayer. I said, Lord, kill them, smite them, <laughs> you know, and this and that. And the Lord stopped me. I don't know if I shared this. He said, you were praying, telling me to kill folk that I love and died for. I said, you see what they did? He said, yeah, but I love them. I want them to get saved. I don't want to kill them. So you're going to have to pray for them. Yes, they've done wrong. You're going to have to pray for them so that I can deal with them to turn from their wickedness. That's what you need to be praying instead of telling me to kill folk that I love and that I done died for. You didn't do everything right, and, and I didn't kill you. Look at the stuff you did before you got saved. I didn't kill you. I set up situations where you slowly began to turn to me and saw the error of your way. That's why you need to pray for these people. And so a lot of times you see a judgment come. Maybe it's a calamity. Maybe it's mudslides or different things like that. And, and you say, oh, that's a horrible thing. But you never know how God, he's done it before. He'll raise up nations to chastise his own people. He sent his people into Babylon for 70 years. 70 years. Say, so you want to serve idols? You can serve all the idols you want. You want to uh, get involved in immorality? Honey, they castrated those men. They raped the women and everything. He said immorality. If that's what you want, you can have it. And by the time they got finished with them, they was crying and, and repenting. And calling on the Lord. And the Lord brought them out. And they did good for a while. So God know how to deal with his own house. 
And when you see judgment or maybe something come on, even your church members, they always up there call, oh, this is happening, this happening, you know, pray all, pray this stuff off of me. And sometimes I can see why it's happening to them. But if you tell them, they're going to want to fight to you, of course. <laughs> but a lot of times, if they would just judge themselves, you know, are they robbing God in their finances? That, is that why they stand broke? That's why the car breaking down? You know, are they into uh, immorality? Is that why they got sexually transmitted diseases? And some of the people is dying from, from AIDS or whatever? All the kind of stuff. That's why we need to examine. Look and see what we're doing. See if there's wickedness. And not only just see what it is, but acknowledge it. Correct yourself. Yeah. Repent. Get that mess cleaned up. Get it out of your life. Consider your ways. Uh, turn from that. And you'll see a lot of times that, that a lot of that that you're going through will stop. Let's see. Did I read that that I wanted to? Yeah. Examine yourself. Uh. In Psalms 32, David said, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Amen? I just wanted to share that, and if the Holy Spirit say the same, we'll get into... Uh, Isaiah 46 and 11, how God called a ravenous bird from the east and the man that executed his counsel from a far country upon Israel. Uh-huh. And that they were chastised of this nation until they repented. And they said, oh, well, that was a terrible thing. Yeah, but you didn't see the other side of the coin. On how much terror they were doing. You don't see that. You just see the tragedy and the trauma that they're going through. That's all. When my daughter called me about, about uh, all the horrible things that was happening to her, she never tell, told me what she had done. She, she had a reason to leave that part out of it and would tell me all the horrible things that was happening to her and how much money and time could I give her to get out of it. We got to examine ourselves. Evaluate ourselves, Apostle. Yes. See if we're in the faith. Amen. You, you touched on something that I've taught uh, out of this chapter mm -hmm. many times. And I remember one time, I think I shared it with you, I'm not sure. I remember one time uh, the Lord spoke to me the night before the first Sunday, you know, when we were preparing for communion and all of that. My wife would instruct uh, either the evangelist or the ushers or whoever she would, the Lord would call on to prepare themselves mm -hmm. to serve, get ready to serve communion. 
particular night, the Lord said, withhold it. Huh? Withhold it. Uh-huh. Do not serve it. Uh-huh. Told me not to serve it. Uh-huh. And he explained to me why. It's because what you just got to teaching. He said, because they are unworthy of it. Oh, wow. And if I were to serve it, he was going to hold me accountable, knowing that they were not worthy of it. And he said, now teach them everything that you just taught. We had to teach, literally teach the church. Why? That's so true. Because God didn't want them to die mm-hmm. or to be sick. All of those things. When you first started off, you read what Jesus said. And understanding this is a holy thing. Yes. Holy communion. They used to call it holy communion. It sure did. Holy communion. Holy communion. Mm-hmm. And you're taking in and understanding that you're taking in the body and the blood yes. of Christ. Yes, yes. In John, I believe it's chapter 6, uh, he teaches, he said, Unless you eat my blood and drink, I mean, uh, drink my blood and eat my flesh, yes. you will have no part of me. That's good. You're taking Christ into your body. Yes, Lord. Physically. Mm-hmm. And 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 if you do it unworthily, yes. what happens is that cleanliness and uncleanliness can't cohabitate. Mm-mm. You cannot. You can't put something holy into something unclean. Unclean. Yeah. It's not going to stay. No. Mm-mm. Something's going to happen. The results are not going to be good. Yes, right. And just like he did with the priest, you have to cleanse yourself. You uh-huh. make sure that you're clean. Yes. God, He won't dwell in an unclean temple. Mm-hmm. All of that, mm-hmm. all everything that you just taught, has to be explained because we. T- and in fact, Paul in the letter he said, when you come, first of all, you're separated. Mm-hmm. You don't even come together about this. No. You 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 got this little click over here. You got that click over there, and then you're coming and you're you're making a mockery of it. Yes. You're drinking it. You're getting drunk. Drunk, uh huh. <coughs> so you're you you're out of order, first of all, and that was the thing that that helped me to appreciate the Holy Communion. Yes. You know, and I now the Lord would have me to instruct him now, and every time we give it, we give it. And we do the prayer of repentance. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, we, 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 all, we repent before we just so we understand. Yes. You know, sins of omission, sins of commission. And there's some things that you should have done that you didn't do. All of that plays into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't know what to do good and do it not to him. And it's sin. That's sin. Mm-hmm. And it has to be addressed. Yes. I love what you said, and, and this is the hour that we're in, that God needs his people to understand that he's not just some slob that yeah. you just do what you want to do, all flipping about it. There's no respect, no nothing. Reverence. No reverence, no fear, nothing. And you can just do as you please, and in the same attitude, in the same mind, you open your mouth and ask God to do this. Yes. And do that. Father, I need this. And I, you said you would not withhold no good thing from me. But he also asked you to humble yourself. Mm-hmm. He also told you to obey him. Yes. yes. You know my voice. Mm-hmm. You started off when you said that. You're like, if you know the voice of God, I don't care what other voice tells you something else. Mm-hmm. It's the voice of God that mm-hmm. I'm obeying. Yes. 
Just like in, uh, we can go all the way back in. We can't blame Adam for what he did. Mm. I heard somebody say that. Uh, I think it was Pastor Jones said that uh, a friend of his said that when he get to heaven, he gonna kick uh, uh, Adam for putting all this stuff on us. I said, here's the problem with that. I didn't hear what you're saying. I said, but here's the problem with that. Everybody after Adam had a choice too. That's right. We can't blame because mm -hmm. that's what happened after they sinned. Yes, right. They started blaming each other. Uh -huh. But God, He 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 put He laid it all out for us. Yes. And we didn't have to. We uh -huh. didn't have to follow behind Adam. Mm-hmm. You could obey God. Yes. Adam fallen. Yes. So we can't, you know, go up there and think we're gonna go up there and kick him and beat him up. Yes. <laughs> uh -huh. When we were in error. Uh-huh. Exactly. We have to give account for our own. And you said the message today was so clear. Mm -hmm. Examine yourself. Don't examine Adam mm -hmm. or J uh, 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 Eve yes. or anybody else. Your pastor. Yes. Examine. Examine yourself. Evaluate yourself. Yeah. Who? What? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Huh? If you're out of order, okay, mm -hmm. correct it. Mm -hmm. God's giving you. He's long suffering. Yes. Huh? As long as you still get breath, there's a, a a friend of mine. His mom used to say, as long as you have breath, you have an opportunity. To you change. do. Yes. As long as you're breathing, you yes. have an opportunity. Uh -huh. You can change. Uh -huh. Hey, oh, praise God. Good, you, good, good you teaching. You know, that, uh, that, that uh, breath came from God. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've worked in hospice, and I, I've seen people take that last yeah. breath. And uh, and after that, they don't breathe anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, many times I try to pray, or sometimes they're cognizant, sometimes they're not. You know, and I've gotten to many of them before they took their last breath. Amen. Led them to the Lord. Because once that last, his breath, mm -hmm. he withdraws his breath. Yeah. That's it. It's no more opportunity. It's no more repentance. It's yeah. no more altar. Yeah. The altar's closed, you know, so. Well, these are, these are valuable lessons here. Yes. Uh, that, that we're hearing. God is instructing his yes. people. Yes. And and just and here here's the latest news that I really appreciate that judgment has begun yeah. in the house of God. Yes. No doubt about it. Yes. You know. And he's judging so that we can do yes. and once he chastens you, mm -hmm. you can repent. Yes. You know, you, you, or in the repentance process. Yes. Uh, you've been chastened. And don't do it again. Exactly. Huh? And teach others. Yes. You know, how to refrain from these things. Even though a portion of scripture says, I hear that there's some among you that walking that's working unruly. Mm -hmm. He said, Don't have any part with them. Mm -hmm. You brought that out in the lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, well, who are you running with? Mm -hmm. If you know that they're out of order, why are you running with them? Mm -hmm. Be the example. Yes. That's what the scripture says. Huh? Don't don't disown them as a brother, but but don't fellowship with them. Mm -hmm. He talking to the church. I know. Yeah, he talking about the world. I know. You know, the, the church folks uh, 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 talk about the world and what they're doing. Yes. But you're doing what they're doing yes. in the church. Yes. <laughs> Just because you're not out there mm -hmm. in it, mm -hmm. mingling with them, and yes. part of where you learn what you brought into the church. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. But examine yourself, not exactly. the world, not what they're doing. Because God's going to hold you accountable for what you're doing. What yeah, you're doing. I had to sever some, and 
and they couldn't help themselves no matter how much I tried to correct and uh, but I refused to like I see some of them some saints elders join in mm. because yep. they don't want to be alienated You're right they want people to think that they're one of the boys yeah and you have to come to a person point in your life that if I have to walk alone I'm going to obey God I remember old man say if you don't want to go don't hinder me and if people many times you mentioned and we've said it before Matthew 5 16 I believe it is let your light shine mm -hmm. so that men may see that they can see it yeah you make the distinction. You don't join in or sit with them or, or walk in the council yeah, of them, yeah. sit in the seat of the scornful, stand in the way of sinners. You are not supposed to do that. No. But you're supposed to be a light mm. to them because if they don't get the truth, yeah. if they don't get Jesus on board, I don't know what some of these elders and pastors think. If you don't teach them and they don't learn it, uh, there's no other alternative. Yeah. But that they're going to be separated from God. And so we have to look at that more seriously than anything else, more than our reputation, more than us being approved of men, more than us being accepted. Mm -hmm. We got to look at their eternal soul. Yeah. And see how costly it is. And be willing, if Amen. necessary, if yeah. I have to disassociate with your friendship, mm -hmm. so be it. Yeah. But I'm going to pray for your soul that you don't wind up separated from God. Amen. That's more important than anything. That's good. That, if you don't mind, Second Thessalonians, what I was just saying, and what you just got through saying. Chapter 3. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, well, sign. Okay. For, mm -hmm. uh, verse 11 said, For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Working not at all, but are busybodies. Mm -hmm. Now, them that are such, we command and exalt, oh, exalt by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness mm -hmm. they work and eat their own bread. Mm -hmm. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. That's not the scripture I was looking for. And if any man obey not our words, here we are, by this epistle, note that man and mm -hmm. have no company there. This is where I was going. What verse is that? Verse 14. And if any man, that, that's Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 11 to 14. Mm -hmm. is if any man obey not the word yeah. of this epistle, note that man and have no company with him. That yes. he may be ashamed. ashamed. Huh? Yet count him not as an enemy, but admonish him. him. Come on, somebody. Amen. Him as a brother. Yes. See, we're supposed to admonish one another. Mm -hmm. As brethren. If I see my brother in Aaron, my little brother, he used to hang out with these guys that got in trouble all the time. Mm -hmm. he to school. And he didn't understand why I didn't run with them. I said, well, I mean, because you get in trouble all the time mm -hmm. <laughs> with the same group. I hung by myself. I, you know, if, if, if it meant me just being by myself, I was cool. But I would warn him. I said, why, yeah. why don't you stop hanging with those guys? 
You know, I don't mean that you can't be friends, but every time you run with them, you get in trouble. You get suspended from school or fighting or whatever. It's the same thing. Yes. Stop running with them. Amen. You know, if you're going to get in trouble, get in trouble on your own. Yes. That's a the story. <laughs> but if you're running with somebody and every time you run with them, you get in trouble with them. Yes. Oh. Or you get in trouble and they get away with it. Mm. That kind of stuff. Mm. You know, that, that, that's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. Have no part with them. But admonish them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, correct them. Yes. That's what brotherly love is all about. And I'm going to watch you commit suicide right in front of me and don't say nothing. You're killing yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it don't mean be harsh or, or brutal. Mm-hmm. But, but if I have to be stern, I will. Yes. I love you that much. Yes. You know. I know that uh, my uh, one thing, my sister, the, the, one, the one that I said, to, you know, she wound up in uh, going to Marion prison for women and when she got there because no matter how much mama talked to her we talked to her we, she had determined she was going to do it her way mm-hmm. and she got there <laughs> and she found out that all of her friends when she called them they didn't answer they mm-hmm. didn't call it help but she said you know one thing I always knew I could always get a hold of the saints. Mm. I could never get a hold of my friends. They wouldn't yep. send me a dime, yep. help me out or nothing. Yeah. But it was only the saints that would pray for me, send me encouraging cards, you yeah. know. If I called, they accept mm-hmm. the charges. And she said that's why when she got out, she became a Christian. She said, why should I live a, a horrible life? Yeah, amen. Always in trouble, always amen. in anger. Always freedom cut off. Yeah. You're always looking over my shoulder. Yeah. You see, what kind of life is that? Yeah. They're, they're going on to corrupt somebody else's life or influence somebody else's life with mm-hmm. their, their wicked deeds or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our past pastors, Shadina, she's the same way. As soon as she got out of jail, she, we didn't know this mm-hmm. when she first came 20 years ago. Mm. She came to our church. When she came to our church, her motives was not right at mm-hmm. first. Because she came to beat my son up. <laughs> he was had some drama going on outside the church. And we didn't know this. We and my wife didn't know. But that day, she received Christ. She, we prayed for her. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, uh, she came. We didn't know, but we had a chance to talk with her. We were mm-hmm. talking to all the visitors. And we had prayer with her because the doctor told her she had four months to live. Mm. She was on dialysis when she came to us. Mm. Had just got out of the penitentiary, mm. and she didn't. She didn't have a sense of direction. She's been with us every since. Mm. She said none of the people that I used to run with would pray for me. Mm. None, of, they, none of them offered any kind of anything, mm-hmm. any kind of support. When she got in trouble with them, but when mm-hmm. she went to jail, they they didn't have nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. This is her testimony. Mm-hmm. Powerful testimony, but she has not turned back since. We've watched her. She's no longer on dialysis. Praise God. That was 20 years ago. God using her uh-huh. mightily. She got healed that day. She believed God that day and mm-hmm. not, not stopped talking, mm-hmm. have not stopped believing Him. Praise God. She's a high ranking member of the church right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. 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 You know, I um, ran into that situation and. Uh, I've had that situation where the person just, you know, 
No, nobody would help them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would. I said, you know, you did some horrible things, but I, I said, I'm going to forgive you. I said, I've forgiven you in the past for a lot of things. And I said, but I'm going to give you opportunity this time you, they were in jail. Nobody would come to their rescue. Mm -hmm. So I really prayed with her, sent her books, money, everything. And it was near by the time when she was about to be discharged, her attitude changed. Mm -hmm. But she swore she was going to serve God. Yeah. She wasn't going back to that old life. Because, you know, the pain was fresh. Yeah. And she was so repentant and everything. And so I said, well, and nobody would call or nothing. I would, you know how you had to pay the, mm -hmm. and all of this money, money, money. And so uh, it wasn't long before it was time for her to be discharged. And I noticed her attitude changed. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, so... Remember the things you said when you first came here? Very flippant and everything like that. And when she got discharged, I didn't even know when it was. Mm. She went right back to the very people that wouldn't even yeah. send a they nickel. Accept a call or anything. And couldn't hardly even say hello yeah. to me. And uh, But you know... You just have to keep praying for yeah. people. You don't know how that's going to end. But you got to look at the fact that, that that'll happen. Yeah. But you always trust in the Lord. Do good. Mm -hmm. Do good. And I thank God for, is it an elder, Sabina? Pastor, yeah. Shabina. Yeah, mm -hmm. Pastor Yeah, that Powerful, was Powerful, mighty woman of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Full of the Holy Ghost, all of that. She, she stayed the course. Mm -hmm. When other folks tried to talk her out of the church, she, I, I, I know where God planted me. I know where I'm supposed to be. She, and she lives in Youngstown. Mm. Drives to church every Sunday. You know, do her. In fact, she's over the finances. Mm. Uh, God used, I, and I, she, I know she, she don't mind me using it. She used to forge checks. She was an embezzler. Mm -hmm. And God put over the finances. Mm -hmm. Praise God. <laughs> I love her. I love her testimony. It's a beautiful testimony. Yeah, well, I just just want to do my part as a watchman yes. on the wall because we know that our time is short and I try to cover areas that the Holy Spirit said this needs you mm -hmm. know for us to uh, bring out and and do as thorough a job as I can uh -huh. because a lot of times people don't know the danger of it uh, some, some of our teachings and preachings are so watered down yeah. and, 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 and packed with pork that they don't really see the dangers of mm. God and they think that he's somebody to be played with or not taken seriously mm. and uh, I just want people to know that yeah. this is real, this is so serious yeah. this is serious and we have to uh, get right church and let's go let's home go. and don't just think that this is something we can flippantly just walk over and like make movies against God and, yeah. and blaspheme him mm -hmm. you know like this it's, we stand and brush that off like it's yeah. nothing, it's uh -huh. nothing. And, and don't realize that we stand in danger of hellfire when I looked at that weeping and gnashing yeah. and wailing it had so much regret. Yeah. People regret it, and, yeah. but it was too late. I like that. Late. That was good. Uh, 
it was they they were remorseful they didn't realize mm-hmm. until it Into hit it. them that they were in trouble mm-hmm. they shouldn't have did that they were remorseful repentant yeah. but when it get to that point yeah it's too late it's too late just like in the days of Noah it's too late like, yeah oh my goodness amen yeah well I thank you all for tuning in today uh, I'm trusting that the Lord is uh, illuminating some things and revealing things to you and uh, that you in turn especially this is the first part of the year when a lot of people are fasting I know uh, some other churches are still undergoing fasting and and prayers and 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 examining themselves mm. and under the microscope I just want to inform you that God is still judging his house so get involved there's always mercy in the judgment yeah. but if you you don't submit to that judgment then you have to be turned over to the wrath and there is no mercy in that so I just want you to remember what Jesus said to those people that were at the feast of tabernacles he said if any man thirst let him come to me and drink he that believeth in me as the scriptures have said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters this spake he of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I know we said yesterday that we were having open line, but I just wanted to share that open line will be next Wednesday, okay? And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So God bless you. You have an outstanding evening. We love you. Amen. Amen.